Maybe I might speed that up just a little bit more. Well, welcome. This is Unwired. Uh, this is your host, Robert, and I thank you for joining me again today. And as I mentioned last time, I want to talk about some editing. Uh, I've been able to do a lot more editing within DaVinci Resolve. I wanted to talk about it. Now, it's always easier. I haven't done a video on it in a while. Uh, and the videos you can take a look at at spaceage-llc.com. That's www.spaceage-llc.com, which is a major sponsor for Unwired. You can see some of the videos I've done on video editing. Um, so let me give you a bit of the backstory. No need to laugh. Let me give you a little history on the backstory of my editing career. First uh, program that I remember editing with was Pinnacle Studio. This is way back in 2000, 2001-ish. Now I had done video editing before, but it was very different. This was this was about the first computerized video editing program that I used, Pinnacle Studio, and I loved it because it incorporated uh, video editing right into DVD creation, and we use it a lot at church so that we can get our DVDs out quickly. I loved it. Um, used it to edit weddings, uh, different events. Let's see. There was a lady I did a video recording for. She was doing... She was promoting herself as a salesperson, someone to go on QVC and do sales. Forgot what they call those people. I guess just online shopping network salespeople. So we, I used Pinnacle Studio for a very long time. And then a friend introduced me to Sony Vegas Studio. I believe the first version I used was about five or six. Probably, I'll say six. I think I used it before six, but... I remember six the most. And I, that, I loved that program. Loved that program. It seemed the easiest. This was at a time when I had never used Avid, but from everyone I had spoken to, Avid was just a bear to use. It was difficult. Now, it, it did what you needed. It was the number one video editing and broadcast and studio work uh, in movies. But apparently it was really difficult to work with. Pinnacle was just coming out. Um, I never had a Mac, so I didn't use Final Cut at all, even though there were many people who talked about their love for Final Cut, and this was uh, prior to version 7. And many people talked about their love for uh, Final Cut, but I never used it. I, I wasn't a Mac guy, so I never had a Mac. Uh, so at the time... Premiere was just starting to bubble up. It hadn't really gained hold in the industry yet. And even though people liked it, it had some quirks. For one, you it was very difficult to use a mix match of, of recording formats, frame rates. It just couldn't handle it very well. And the way you had to ingest every video that you needed you had to ingest it first so you have all these folders full of videos you had to Im basically import them ingest the uh, the program premiere would read through it and determine the format and then you can start to edit it and sony vegas was completely different you can drag and drop anything you wanted in the timeline didn't matter so 
you can have mixed formats. You can have 24 frames per second, 29.97, 30 frames per second, 60 frames. You just drop them all into the frame rate, into the timeline. And then at the end, you determine what your output's going to be, and it would do all the rendering. It The way you did um, transitions was so easy. You just push the, the different files across each other for, and however long they overlapped is how long the transition was. And then you can go in and change the transition to uh, whatever you'd like it to be. I cannot explain to you how simple Sony Vegas was. Now, the interesting thing is Sony Vegas started out, Vegas Pro started out as an audio editor. And so its audio editing features were were robust from the beginning. And after they started to add video to it, it, it was just phenomenal. And Sony wasn't the first one to develop Vegas. Uh, they had actually bought it from someone else. Um, in fact, hang on a second. Let me get the history of that. Do you remember the name Sonic Foundry? They were the ones who originally developed Sony Vegas Pro. Excuse me, Vegas Pro. And... It has a history on Wikipedia, and as it states here, it did start as an audio editing program. And really, it was it was just robust. The things that you can do within one page of editing on the one screen, you can do everything. There was no need to flip back between um, the different screens to be able to do different things. If you wanted to edit the audio file, you just edit the audio file. It's not a big deal. Um, if you wanted to add transitions, you do it right there. Now, it did suffer in a couple of areas, and I think after Sony took it over, they didn't know what to do with it. They did come out with updates, but the updates were not, they weren't phenomenal. Each version update wasn't phenomenal updates. Now, in my opinion, it was pretty good to start with from version 6, and they did add different formats, um, they did add different... Uh, rendering capabilities, the ability to handle different speeds. But they had stopped developing uh, certain codecs. They stopped really working on uh, transitions. They stopped, they stopped doing a couple of things. So it would just have iteration uh, changes, not major evolutionary changes. And I think it suffered from that up to version. I used it up to version 13. And uh, I believe around version 14, it was bought out by another company. So Sony sold off just about all their creative um, softwares, Acid, SoundForge, um, all of which I used to a company called Magix. Magix has done some things with it, but I've transitioned to something else. Um, I greatly miss the ease of Sony Vegas Pro. I had 13 installed for quite a while, but it doesn't really work with any of the new formats. It definitely doesn't work well with 4K. And so I've had to put it to the side, basically uninstall it because it would crash even on small projects. Um, one of the things that Vegas Pro did was they pulled out uh, the ability to do DVDs right in the program. So they have a standalone program for that which still works well, called DVD Architect, which I think was one of the worst products that um, Sony Creative Labs actually made because of how clunky and, and old-looking it looked. It, was, it wasn't very easy to make really vibrant uh, DVDs with it. 
Um, Adobe's Encore was much better at that, but as you know, Adobe doesn't even make Encore anymore, so that's a moot point. Now, getting back to video editing. Um, with, even though my love for Vegas Pro was really high, they didn't teach that in school. I did get certified with it through testing from Sony themselves, but in school we used Premiere. Premiere improved a lot, and Premiere has um, taken over the industry. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of talking about industry standards because that doesn't mean everybody uses it. Um, Premiere has really gotten a larger foothold in the industry, and uh, they've made a lot of improvements over the years, especially when Final Cut went to version 10 from version 7, and they changed the interface around a lot, and um, many people didn't like it anymore. It, it lost some of its luster in the industry, and people started to move to Premiere. Uh, and so Premiere made a lot of improvements, and I still didn't like it. <laughs> Just There's certain things about it that I felt were really clunky. Um, I used it. I own it. Um, it's very rare that I use it. I own it more for, I own the Adobe Creative Suite more for uh, After Effects. There's a lot of templates that I can get in After Effects and do some really nice things. Uh, so it's very, very rare that I use Premiere unless I'm dealing with a client who uses Premiere so that we can go back and forth easily. So I still have access to it, but I've just never been a fan. That's me. That's not to say it's a bad product. I've just uh, never really liked the way it works. More recently, within the last few years, I decided to get into color correction. And that meant... Um, even though Luminetrix, I think they had recently brought that into Premiere, Sony Vegas had no real good color correction. You could do the basics, but it had nothing high level where you're just going to you're gonna do any colorizing or any um, real effects with color in their suite. You can get aftermarket products, but nothing within the actual product itself. So I decided to look into Sony Vegas. I just misspoke. I should have said DaVinci Resolve. So I started getting into DaVinci Resolve because of colorist, coloring, color correction, and um, trying to edit the mood of what I recorded by adjusting colors. Now there is a real science to that, what colors mean and, and how they set the tone for whatever you're filming, how cooler colors, as sh uh, sh Shifting towards blues is more cold, more um, uh, changes the mood of your recording. Whereas shifting to lighter colors, yellows, bright yellows, um, emulating more of the, the temperature of the sun. And we can get all technical into color temperatures and things like that later. Uh, getting into the brighter yellows, the higher Kelvin settings... Uh, gives you a happier, more joyful feeling. And you can see that there's a, a movie that came out quite a few years ago called Crash, which used colors intently to uh, change the mood that you're feeling, the mood of... Uh, uh, I know at one point they were showing a federal news conference, and it was in really blue. 
so it, it gave a different weight to the words that were being said because it was cold, harsh reality, whereas other parts that were a bit brighter and, and lighter moods were in the yellows. So there's all uh, the difference between color correction and, and coloring your video. Now, as I started to get more into DaVinci Resolve, it was just for coloring. However, a little bit down the road, they started to add editing elements to it. And people went gaga over, oh, this is great, now you can edit. And it was rough to begin with. Uh, we're up to version... What version are we up to? 16 now of DaVinci Resolve uh, by Blackmagic Design. And it is better. Now, 16 is still in beta, and the truth is I have not installed it yet. I've been working on a lot of projects, and I didn't want to use a beta program while I'm working on these projects. So... I'm sticking with 15, I believe this is, it's on 15.2, if I recall correctly. And that is allowing me a chance to uh, be a more, bit more steady. You know, certain projects, if you're in beta, you can end up with a lot of problems, and the forums will show that out. But by sticking to the older version, 15, uh, I, I have a bit more stable platform. And yes, I did have to build a whole machine around it, and I can, we can bring that up. In fact, we could have an old episode about building computers for video editing and audio production, things like that. But in this case, I built the machine sort of around DaVinci Resolve, and it has been really good. The platform I used was an AMD platform, but it was, it has been a boon to now edit 4K without a lot of stuttering. I'm not even going to touch on the issues we had when we moved up. Uh, years ago, I wrote a blog about not needing to move from SD to HD. And then when I, f I wrote another blog when I finally did move to HD and having to upgrade everything because the computers that I used to record SD on, to edit SD on, just weren't cutting it. And then when I moved to 4K, it was the exact same thing. The machine that was really good at record at editing HD just couldn't handle 4K, so I ended up having to upgrade everything. And if you want to compare DaVinci Resolve to Vegas Pro, it's a little more difficult because some people will say, oh, one's professional and one's not. Listen, I recorded a lot of professional work with Vegas, and I was very happy to do it. Um, if Sony had kept up the updates with Vegas, I would have never switched. Plain and simple. It was, it's just, it's just still the easiest editing program, the most powerful, easiest editing NLE, non-linear editing program that I have ever used. DaVinci Resolve has its quirks, has a ton of quirks. It's very, very, very powerful, but I find that to do the simplest things are very, very, very difficult. Switching between tabs, things don't work the same between tabs, so if you need to edit audio, you need to go into a whole different tab to edit audio. You can't edit audio directly. No, you can cut audio, but it is much harder to just raise the volume, lower the volume, or do some ducking, put in. It's, it's harder, plain and simple. I can, in Vegas Pro, I could right-click on the audio, install a volume line, then put in uh, keyframes so I can duck or raise volume at certain points. I could do that all in one section. I can add effects 
on one page, I can do everything. With DaVinci Resolve, you have to go through these different tabs. If you're, you're flipping back and forth between tabs and the behavior you had before in a, one particular tab doesn't carry over into another tab. I can't, um, if I am actually viewing in one tab, I can't immediately say, oh, here's a point. Let me switch to another tab. No, no, no. You have to stop it from previewing and then you can switch to the tab. It's just things that to me slow me down from doing a, a well thought out edit. Is it powerful? Without a doubt, DaVinci Resolve is amazingly powerful. And according to the forums and the people who are using 16, they are really ecstatic about the changes. The changes, some of the changes don't affect me as much. I, I'm looking for more stability and then ease of use, some, some quick, the ability to edit quickly. And DaVinci Resolve still doesn't have that. Um, and the fact that they keep changing it every single year. Now, <laughs> yes, I know I complained about Sony not keeping up with changes uh, consistently with Vegas. However, you're talking about the difference between, like I said, incremental updates every few years to massive updates every year. I remember when I was in version 14 and I bought the book. I bought the DaVinci Resolve's editing book from Blackmagic Design for 14. And within three months, 15 came out and 14, the book was obsolete. You can't even give it away. I know I've tried. So the, there has to be a happy medium between massive changes every year and really superficial changes every few years. If they made massive changes every two years, and this is DaVinci Resolve I'm talking about, I would be happy. So that is my editing journey right now. I use DaVinci Resolve a majority of the time. Oh, let me point out one other thing. This might be beating a dead horse, but, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone. It actually makes you stronger as you continue to beat a dead horse. You know, you, you work those muscles. But the key that I see in one of the major points I see in Vegas Pro, as opposed to any of the other NLEs, is the ability to save the project, how you save it. This, I have to say, is one of the worst aspects of DaVinci Resolve. Uh, Premiere has gotten much better at this as well. DaVinci Resolve uses a database to save everything. And what happens is there's some changes I made. When I first set up DaVinci Resolve, I had it set um, to create clip files, galleries, basically scratch folder in one area. And then as I improved the system, I moved the scratch folder. The problem is the old location still applies to some of the old projects because they're saved in the database. And so every time I pull up an old project, it recreates those files in a location. It recreates the scratch folder and files in a location I don't want it to be. And no matter how much I try to change it, it keeps just reverting back to that. And if something were to happen to my hard drive, what I would normally do is save projects. I'd save the projects with Vegas and archive the whole folder together. So I can pull up Vegas, open up a project. It'll say, hey, where are the files? I'll point it to the files. Boom, I'm ready to go. With DaVinci Resolve, because it's in a database, you'd have to save the entire database. Now, I'm creating multiple, multiple, multiple 
uh, projects that I'm working on. And so this database is getting larger and larger, harder to back up. And since the project files don't stay with the the layout, I mean, you could save as a project file, but then things are still attached to the database. So that's one of the drawbacks. Um, there was a time with, with uh, Premiere where you couldn't save the project. Everything was contained within the system itself, which made it hard to go back and forth between systems. They have since changed that. We can have project files and share with other people. So these are one of the areas this is really significant to me. So that is my overall journey with video editing. Um, it's a high-end look as to why I've chosen the applications that I have chosen. And it's also a deeper dive into um, what I would like to see in the future. I have a whole host of things that I think would make a perfect video editing system. I need the ease of, of Vegas Pro, the absolute ease of Vegas Pro with the power of DaVinci Resolve. I'd love someone to be able to mirror those two, just, just merge those two ideas into one, and I'm buying, no matter what the price. It could be $1,200. If, if it makes my workflow easier, then it's worth the money because I can make it back quicker. So that is your episode of Unwired. Remember to reach out to us. Unwiredthepodcast.com is where you can go to get old episodes. You can also email us at unwiredthepodcast at spaceage-llc.com. Or if you're lazy, unwired at spaceage-llc.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. Continue to reach out to us um, if you have any questions, like anything for us to cover, and if you'd like to talk to us on the podcast, give us the information. Maybe we could set that up. Here's hoping you hear from us soon.